Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Hey everybody and welcome to Church Online. I'm so glad you're tuned in with us today. If you are a guest watching for the very first time, welcome to Cultivate Church. For those of you who have been tending for most of this year online, you would say to the rest of us, welcome back. And to which we say, those of us who've been gathering in person, hello again. Uh, Many of you saw this past week that we made the decision just for this uh, small season of time uh, to return to online worship only. And uh, when we opened up our campuses um, in May, you know, we made the decision that we wanted to uh, provide an option for those who were ready to return and still provide options for those who were not. But we wanted to make sure that safety was at the highest priority. And uh, over these last few weeks, the case counts continue to rise, and it seems like the virus is becoming a little more prevalent. And so we had sickness a little closer to our front doors than we were comfortable with. So we just said, hey, for the good of everybody, we're going to take just a little break. We're going to give it a little time to subside. And then when we feel like it's a safe moment to continue gathering again, that's exactly what we're going to to do. But I'm excited because we're in week two of our series, Summer Sundays. And uh, in light of this series, because every week is different, we're hearing from different speakers, we've got different topics that we're talking about. Uh, our online presentation, we, we want it to be different every single week because we know that watching online is nothing like being together. It's challenging to watch online. I know that it's a little less engaging than being together in person. There is nothing like worshiping together in person. So our atmosphere is going to change, our scenery is going to change week to week as we bring you the message online. Uh, Last week as we kicked off our series, Pastor Frankie Powell was in Alabaster and he spoke to us about uh, not giving up, about continuing on. And I was in our Columbiana campus and I spoke about purpose stoppers, the things that the enemy brings to try to keep us from our purpose. I didn't know what he was speaking on, and he didn't know what I was speaking on, but the Holy Spirit was speaking to us all the same message all day long. And if you missed that from Pastor Frankie, I encourage you to go online and check that out. You can find it at CultivateChurch.tv, Facebook, or at our YouTube page. And in this series, Summer Sundays, we're exploring different topics every week. And today, I want to talk about a topic that I think has been the number one question that I've been asked um, since this whole year has really gone sideways. We've had the coronavirus and we've had protests and riots and we've had a lot of injustice that we have uncovered again this year. It's just been an incredibly difficult year. And many, many, many of you have asked this question, do you think this is the end of the world? Is this a sign of the times that maybe uh, things are about to come to a stop? And so I titled your message today, I, I borrowed a line from R.E.M. from back in the day, the song, It's the End of the World as We Know It. Many of you now have that song racing through your brain. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. I think that's the problem because there is a lot of things happening around us, yet many of us, because we're so caught up or wrapped up in a lot of the things that are going on around us, we we fail to recognize or realize that that the Bible tells us that there is a time clock. There is an end to all of this. That all of the events that are happening here and now, they're not a surprise to God. God knew about all of this. He saw this coming. He is not caught off guard by any of these things. And ultimately, everything that happens 
has the outcome that one day Jesus will return for his church, for those who have said yes to him, and he will take us back to be with the Father. And so today, I want to explore what does the Bible say about this? Now, for decades, there has been an infatuation with the end of time. There has been lots of different um, predictions of, of dates and times and days of when this would take place. As a matter of fact, even right now, you can do some research. There are new dates for this year that are predicted that the end of the world would take place this year. It's ongoing. People want to know when is it going to happen. There are so many movies, countless movies, of end-of-the-world scenarios, if it be aliens, if it be diseased, you name it. There's so many different movies that portray these events. There are books written about it. There is music that talks about it. You can't escape this thought of the end of the world. But what does the Bible say? Well, in Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus gives us some really big uh, nuggets of information. As a matter of fact, it's so big that we need to all understand something because it will lead us in truth Jesus said, hey, I don't even know when the end of the world is going to take place. I'm the one that's going to return, but even I don't know when that day will be. He said, I'm just waiting on, on God. He said, I'm waiting on my Father to tell me, and when He says go, that's when I'll go. I will go in obedience. So nobody knows. Nobody can tell you when that day is going to be. Nobody can crack the code. Nobody can predict it. Nobody knows the exact moment on the exact day at the exact time because none of us have more wisdom or more knowledge or more understanding than Jesus himself. So that piece of information alone, knowing that no one knows the time, not even Jesus, gives us a good indication of who to listen to and who not to listen to. But the Bible does give us some hints. Jesus does tell us something that I think is really interesting in this verse of Scripture in Luke chapter 17, verse 37. He says, Just as the gathering of vultures shows that there is a carcass nearby, I love this, he said, So these signs indicate that the end is near. So Jesus said, Just as a vulture would soar overhead and, and circle a carcass that is below. There are signs around us that would indicate that his return is near. And Jesus gives us a couple of descriptions. I want to give them to you here in Luke chapter 17, verse 28 and 30. He says, And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. This is a description of the end days. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, living life as normal. Until, underline that if you can in verse 29, until the morning lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up until the day when the Son of Man is revealed. It will be business as usual. People will be consumed with their daily activities. Meaning that we're going to be caught off guard. We're not going to be fully expecting it. Everybody's not going to be fully ready. It was normal until the events begun unfolding. And then it was too late. He also gives us another description in the book of Matthew when he says, When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Again, it's another parallel. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time Noah entered his boat. 
Everything was normal. Everyone was living normal lives. People didn't realize what was going to happen, and there's this word again, until, underline it, until the flood came, swept them all away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. This morning, church, what I want us to know is that nobody knows the day or the time. But Jesus says there are some indicators because some things are going to take place that should be warnings for us to be prepared. And today I want to talk about three simple, very easy responses of what we do and what this means for us. So how do we respond to what the Bible tells us about the end of the world? I want us to pray together and let's just ask God to speak to us through His Word today. Can we pray? Father, we're thankful for an opportunity to be together today. I'm so glad that you love us enough to give us insight to your word. I pray that we hear it today, that we receive it, and that it changes our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the end, what do we do? What do we do right now in response to the thought that Jesus is going to return? Well, number one, write this down, is this is important. You need to stay ready. Stay ready. If we know Jesus is coming back, it's not a question if, it's when. We don't know the when, but we do know that he is going to return. So if he is coming back, then we need to be ready. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 42 through 44. It says, so you too. Now this is for you. This is not about your neighbor. This is personal responsibility. This is not about somebody else. This is about you. This is about me. So you must keep watch, for you don't know when or what day the Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew, I love this practical stuff, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, well, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Notice how, how just practical that is. Hey, look, if you knew that someone's going to break into your house at 9 p.m. tonight, well, you would be ready. At 9 p.m., you would have the police there, you'd have the doors locked, you would have the alarm system on, you would take every precaution to be ready if a burglar gave you the time and the date in which he was coming to rob your house. But you don't know that. But you do know that it could happen at any point. That's why we pay for insurance. We hope to never need insurance, but we have it in case there is an issue. We are prepared ahead of time. You install the burglar system or the burglar alarm, the alarm system in your home, not because you're anticipating or you are thinking, yeah, I'm going to be broken into, but it's just to be proactive because there's always the possibility. So if the moment happens, you're prepared. Well, it's not a question if Jesus is coming. It's just when. And the Bible says because of that, we need to be ready at all times. You need to be prepared. And so I, I love it. I think about it this way. You're more spiritual than I am, but I think about it in light of the movie Home Alone. I love the moment where Kevin knows that the burglars are coming and he's already booby-trapped his whole entire house. I mean, from, from the door handles, from the doors, all the way up through the attic, all the way outside on that zip line. I mean, literally... He has everything covered because he has anticipated that they are coming. And because he has anticipated, he has prepared the entire house to greet these burglars that are on their way. And I would ask us today, how many of us go to that length in our spiritual lives to make sure that we are prepared for the day that Jesus is coming? 
I think many of us put it off as if it's not going to happen, as if it's anything that's not real or anything that it, maybe it's just something that you heard about or something you don't fully understand so you don't embrace the thought or maybe it's scary to think about it so we just don't. But the Bible says you got to be prepared. You have to do things and implement things in your life that keep you prepared. One of those could be riding in a vehicle with Brandon Doss. Uh, Pastor Brandon, if you want to get if you want to get close to Jesus and you want to know that you are as close to God and that you're praying and you're seeking the Lord, just ride in the passenger seat, in the back seat, anywhere near Pastor Brandon Doss, and I promise you, you'll get closer to God than you were when you started. It's just this process of separating ourselves from the world and preparing ourselves. Keeping watch, the Bible says, because you don't know. You keep watch because you're making yourselves ready. I think much of the world thinks Easter and Christmas must be when Jesus is coming because that's when we really begin to prepare ourselves. It's when our churches are, are the fullest. We think, oh, if I get to church on Easter and I get to church on Christmas, those are in the por- important times. That's me, maybe me keeping watch. But I want to encourage you today. I want you to know this. There's an eternal difference in knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. When I say an eternal difference, I mean something that makes a difference for eternity. Between knowing Him and knowing about Him. And my fear is that in this culture, we have many of us that know about Jesus. But we don't fully know Jesus. Know Him personally, intimately. There are people who know me, they know about me, but they don't know me the way my wife knows me. They don't spend the amount of time. They don't put in the amount of effort. They don't invest the level of relationship that my wife has invested in me. My son, I know things about my son just by looking at his face. I can see his expressions. I can hear his voice tone. I know things about him because of the amount of time I have invested in the relationship. Because I'm constantly watching him grow and I'm watching him change and I'm watching his life develop. That's what God wants from you and me. God wants us to spend time with Him. Just because we are in the world doesn't mean we have to be of the world. We may walk through sin, but you don't have to live in sin. Walking through sin means you continue on. You you move past it. You don't stay in the middle of it. You don't have to live in it. And I think for many of us, we've got this, this fine line of knowing about God So we embrace what we know, we accept what we know, and we believe that as a relationship with Jesus, but yet we are living in the sin instead of traveling through it. And I want to encourage us today that if we're going to be ready, we must walk through the sin, but we must keep going. You can't live in it. Don't just know who Jesus is. you you got to know Him personally. Make sure that we're putting things in our life that we are staying ready. It's the small things, it's the, it's the elementary things that we hear about a lot that we probably get tired of hearing, but we just don't do. Reading our Bible and praying and, and serving other people and doing the things that Jesus asked us to do. Providing forgiveness. Forgive so that we can be forgiven. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That we hold others in higher regard than we even hold ourselves. That we keep ourselves ready and we keep watching and we stay ready. Number two, we have to stay responsible. How do we navigate the thought that Jesus is coming and the events of our world are literally just pointing toward 
a closer time. Whenever that moment is, I know it's moving us closer. So you got to stay ready. And the Bible says you have to stay responsible. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 45 and 46, the Bible says, A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give responsibility, underline that word responsibility, of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Now, notice this. When I read this, a faithful, sensible servant, and many of us would go, that's me. I've been faithful. I love God. I serve God. I am doing all that I can to live for God. I'm that faithful, sensible servant. I'm watching. I'm ready. Is one whom the master can give, and, and man, this is us, because we like free stuff. We like Jesus as Savior who gives us eternal life. Jesus is Lord who we commit our life to, who we follow, who we submit to. That's more difficult. So when you say a faithful servant, that's me, whom the master can give, I'm on the edge of my seat. What's he going to give me? What blessing is it? Is the answer to my prayers and everything I want? No, it says a faithful, sensible servant is one the master can give responsibility. First of all, if we are sold out to Him, He wants us to have responsibility. It's not just about what we can get. If you're living a consumer Christian life, you're not going to be prepared when the day comes because you're going to miss it. Because a consumer-driven Christian life is all about me. It's all about the answer to my prayers. It's all about what I can get, what I can receive, and what's in it for me and what's good for me. But the Bible says... A good, sensible servant gets responsibility of managing, listen to this, his other household servants and feeding them. Being ready was about me. Being responsible is about them. In other words, I have a responsibility to keep myself ready so that I can go and make a difference in the lives of others. That I have a responsibility to manage other people and to feed them. And if my master returns to find me having done a good job, that's when there will be a reward. In looking for the, the, the return of Christ, is this the end of the world as we know it? Well, I know it's a step closer. And even though we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, if we are ready ourselves and we are responsible, we'll make a difference in the lives of other people. It's why it's important to understand this principle that we talk about a lot, that if the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. Because we're, we're supposed to be responsibly living this Christian life to impact the lives of other people. Unfortunately, for many of us, we're so driven about our own desires and our own interest that we forget about other people. I'm so discouraged right now in the fact that most of the world is so focused on virus and the, the media and the government and we're fighting over everything in the government. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so discouraged because people are so consumed with the things that are temporary instead of the things that are eternal. If I'm just honest with you today, I, I think that our cancel culture and this nitpicking everybody and this lack of, of room for forgiveness and grace and mercy. Uh, you know, just this week, to me, things that burden my heart is 
somebody that, that tweets something positive about the president. So everybody says we're gonna we're gonna boycott your company. It's it's silliness. Why is all that happening? Because it's all about ourselves. We're focused on our stuff and our agenda and our feelings and our point of view, and we're missing the fact that we're all in this thing together. As much as I'm responsible to me, the, the master has left me to take care of myself so that I can lead other people. Because it wasn't just about me. It's about you, and it's about them, and it's about your neighbor. It's about the people that are across the aisle that you don't even agree with, that you are upset about because they don't think like you do or they don't act the way you act. Stop focusing so much time on all that stuff. Stop putting our energy into all of that stuff and understand my responsibility is to bring unity through the gospel of Jesus Christ so that in eternity, whenever Jesus does come back, we all spend it together and not separated. Don't get distracted. We are so easily distracted. we got to be responsible. Asher gets it. Uh, very honest, I'll ask him, buddy, go clean up your room, clean up your toys. And he's got this shelf full of these little baskets that are full of toys. And he'll start putting these toys in his baskets. The problem is when he opens a basket to put the toys in, he spots another toy inside the basket that he wants to play with. And minutes go by and I go back in his room and instead of putting these toys back, there are more toys on the floor because he has been distracted by all the other stuff instead of doing what his objective was to do. I'm guilty of it. I get online and get on the computer and I go to do something and before I know it, I'm off into cat videos and everything else on Facebook. I walk into one room to do something and something gets my attention and I don't even remember why I walked into the room. We're all so guilty of having distraction in our life. And I think that's why it's this reminder to stay responsible. In Luke 2.49, Jesus, when he was just 12 years old, said, I have to be about my father's business. That's what I'm here for. That's my purpose. I am here to be about my father's business. Nothing else. There's nothing else that's greater. There's nothing else of a greater responsibility than to be doing what my Father sent me here to do. And then in John 17 and 18, Jesus said, He was praying, He said, As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. Talking about the disciples. He said, notice how powerful. God, as you have sent me here with great purpose, with something to do and to accomplish, to make a difference for eternity, just as you've sent me here to do something, I have sent them out into the world to do something. What a great responsibility. What a great calling. What a privilege to be sent on a mission from God. If you are a believer and you've said yes to Jesus, you are on a mission from God. If you don't believe me, Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission. Jesus said to His disciples that leaves it also up to us. Therefore, go. Go. Go and do. Go make disciples. Go into all the world. And do what I've called you to do. Is it the end of the world as we know it? Well, we're closer to it. When's it going to happen? I don't know. But Jesus said there would be signs. So it's important as an individual today that you stay ready. And for the good of people around us that we stay responsible. We remember why we're here. I'm going to challenge you in something. And 
I know this is not popular, and I know this sounds like something just a pastor would say, but I've lived it my whole life, and I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I've lived this my whole life, and I know it to be true. The greatest thing you can be doing with your life is living it on purpose for God in whatever capacity He's gifted you or called you to do. I've lived my life wanting to do nothing more than just anything Jesus would allow me to do. And everything that He's done in me is just out of my willingness to say yes. Not out of being the most qualified, not out of being the most perfect, because I'm not, not the most qualified, not out of being the most gifted, because I'm not. It's just being the most willing, just to say, God, whatever you want me to do. The church is the hope of the world. I just believe it. And I, I'm not afraid to, to challenge us in it. You can invest your time in everything else, and other things are good too. But if anything I believe is greater than my time with God and my time with family and my time with my church, I'm missing it. I'm just missing it. If my efforts aren't building the church, I'm missing it. If my gifts aren't being used to advance the church, missing it. If my resources are not being used to advance the mission of the church, I'm missing it. We can invest in lots of different things. We can give to lots of different things. We can volunteer for a lot of great things. But Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. The church is the hope of the world. That's why we're going to stay ready. That's why we're going to stay responsible. And then number three, I want to give this last one to you. What do we do when we feel like it's the end of the world as we know it? This is going to sound almost impossible. But stay relaxed. Stay relaxed. Listen to what Jesus tells us in Luke 21 and 28. When these things begin to take place, stand, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. When it looks like these things are just scary, we don't know what to do, you don't know how to respond. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to navigate the culture that's changing, the world that's shifting. There's a lot of scary things happening in the world right now. It's a pivotal season that we are walking in. But in the middle of it all, stand. Lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. It's a great promise. God has not forgot us. He's not forsaken us, and He's not left us alone. Today, remember that God is close to the brokenhearted. He binds our wounds, and He brings healing to them. He's concerned. He's very close. The Bible says He's as close as the mention of His name. And whatever you need from Him today, He is attentive to you. He loves you, and He cares about you. Today, I wanted to address something that many of you have asked. What do you think about all the things that's happening around us? Is it a sign of the end of the world? Well, this is just me, but I think everything is a sign of the end of the world. Because at any moment, at any time, at any day, Jesus could return. And I think all of these pains that we're feeling, I believe they're birth pains in preparation for the moment when God says, today's the day. This is the moment. Go get my kids. And I want to be ready. I want to be responsible. And I want to be relaxed because I don't want to walk in fear 
I want to walk in faith. I want to walk in faith, believing and knowing and remembering that greater is he living in me than he who is in the world. And so I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you to be able to relax a little bit in this season. But I want to pray that you would stay ready. And I want to pray that we could stay responsible to remember why we're on this planet to begin with, what we're here to do, and what our focus is. So I want you to bow your head, and I want you to pray with me today. I know that maybe you're watching and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus at all. And so all of this end-of-the-world talk is maybe it's a little disheartening for you because you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But today I want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, the greatest decision you could ever make. Then I want to pray that the Lord would help us all to be ready, to be prepared, and to do our part to make a difference for eternity. So, Father, I love you today. I pray for every person watching online. I pray that if there's any of us today, even one of us that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, that today you would just hear our heart, see us where we are, even in the midst of our sin. And we confess that we need forgiveness of that sin. And we ask you today to forgive us. We know that we've messed up, we've done life on our own, and we need you. So today, Jesus, we choose to put you first in our life. Thank you for loving us enough to go to the cross to give us forgiveness. Today, I believe my life has changed, Jesus, because of you. And Father, I pray for all of my friends today. God, in the middle of all of the crazy and the uncertainty, God, I pray that we would understand that we have an individual responsibility to be ready, to keep ourselves pure, Keep our hearts focused and set on you so that you could do what you desire to do in us so that you can do something through us so that we would be ready. Father, help us to be responsible to make a difference in the lives of people around us. And Father, help us to be relaxed so that we know that you're a God that's under control. God, I pray over fear and I pray over worry. I pray over anxiety. I pray over sickness. God, I pray over... God, every need that's, that's represented right here in this moment, Father, that you would just move in each and every one of them. We trust you in it, and we know that you're in control. Thank you for meeting with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an incredible uh, moment that we had in God's Word. I pray that it was an encouragement and that it was a challenge to you. And I'm praying for you. I want you to know that we love you and that we miss you when we don't get to gather in person. Uh, we want you to know that we are available. If you have a need, we want you to send that in to your online Connect card. Please fill that out. If you made a decision to give your heart, your life to Jesus today, we would love to know it. You can put it on that Connect card as well. And if there is a need, if there is something we can do to be praying for you or anything that you need, please put it on that Connect card because we're going to be praying for you this week and we want to help meet those needs that are represented through each and every one of you. And then before we go today, as always, we're going to enter into a moment of giving. There are three simple and easy ways to give that are there on the screen. If you're our guest today, we're going to anticipate you giving uh, for any reason. This is just for those of us who call Cultivate Church home. This is how we continue doing everything that Jesus has called us to do. Thank you for being so faithful in everything that you do, church. I love you. I'm praying for you this week, and I can't wait to see you soon.